Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning. It's the 16th of July, 2022. I'm Chris Lynch, and this is the Cape League Roundup podcast. And it's interesting. At the start of the season... It seemed to be that the Western Division was the one where there was a whole bunch of clarity in who was going to be the best team in that division, and the East was going to be competitive right down for exactly who was going to be at the top of it and how it was going to look. Well, that has reversed itself in a pretty serious way to the point where the East is now, at least for the first spot in the East, is now very clear and very distinguished, and the West is completely up for grabs at this point. So how did we get to this point? Well, we begin with the uh, biggest performance of the day, the offense. Well, we begin with the offensive outburst from the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. And by the way, um, I just feel an obligation to point out the fact that this game played at Wareham at Spillane Field actually started at 5.01, despite the fact that they have lights. The reason why is because the lights are presently not working. So they had to revert to being like the other fields that don't have lights. And um, yeah, that's going not very well for you guys. So they played. They committed three errors. They gave up 15 runs in seven innings worth of baseball. (laughs) Oh, that's just plain old painful. For how that worked out for Wareham pitching. Let's just get the wins and losses out of the way. The loss goes to Timothy Manning from Arizona State, who made his Cape League debut. He threw an inning in two-thirds. He gave up seven hits and five runs. All of them earned. He walked one. He struck out two. He simply didn't have it. And uh, the rest of the pitching was, like, not that great either. The win goes to Hyannis' starter, Magdi Alcoto from Kentucky, who's now 2-0 and on the season in three starts. He threw the first four innings of this game, gave up Four hits, a run, which was earned, walked three, and struck out three. By the way, let me just say uh, rather quickly where the uh, run batted in came in for Wareham. It was the bottom half of the third inning that at the time made it a 5-1 to game in which uh, Ryan Campos scored on a fielder's choice that Alan Roden grounded into and put out Hogan Windish. So... That is the only run that they got. The rest of it was complete and utter domination by Hyannis. The uh, big game of the day, for offensively speaking, is Mike Sirota, who had three hits, the outfielder from Northeastern. He actually came over from the Whitecaps. Three hits, three runs scored, one home run, and five runs batted in. By a mile, his biggest game on Cape, and he's been really, really solid since getting to Hyannis and getting some more playing time out there, so good for him. Three runs batted in also for the third baseman, Mitchell Jeb from uh, Michigan State. He has two hits, three runs scored, a triple, and three runs batted in. This was, um, yeah, this 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 was, this was pretty one-sided, I must say. Also, the uh, first baseman in this game, Philip Matulia from Louisiana Tech, also has a has a very good game. He has a hit, scores two runs, hits a home run, drives in two runs, and everything went correctly for Hyannis. So they get the victory. They improve to 15-9-5 for 36 points. They're still one point 
back of Katuit, who was able to stay ahead thanks to a very, uh, what ended up being a closer game than it felt like, just based off of the scoring. The, the uh, Brewster Whitecaps lost to Katuit 5-2 at home, and this really came down to the Kettleers got offense early, the Whitecaps had chances early, and could not get anything across. Kettleers got two runs in the top half of the first inning. The loss goes to uh, Jackson Nezu from Florida State. He throws the first two innings. He gives up four runs, three hits, three earned runs. He walks one. He strikes out one. He hit a couple batters. This was this was really a tough game for uh, for him. They gave Ryan Packard two uh, two innings, and he did pretty okay. Um, three hits, a run, a home run that he gave up which certainly could be worse. And they gave the final three innings to George Welch from Southern New Hampshire, who threw three shutout innings, gave up four hits, struck out one guy, didn't walk anyone. That's pretty all right. So here's how the actual scoring worked itself out. Two runs come across in the top half of the first inning. Tommy Troy does the honors for the first run on a fielder's choice by Carter Trice. And uh, Eddie Park does the honors on the second one on a single by C.J. Kafis. Caps don't get anything until later. Uh, the other two-run inning for Katuit was the second inning, in which Trotter Harlan scores on a Tommy Troy single, and then Wild Pitch brings home Colby Wilkerson right before an Eddie Park ground out. So that makes it four to nothing. They tack on one more run on a big solo home run by Trotter Harlan from the College of Charleston. Uh, he has a big blast and makes it uh, a little bit closer. Whitecaps get two back to make it a three-run game. One coming across in the fifth inning, in which uh, Ryan Lasko hit a triple, then scored on a Grayson Tatro single. And the, old, the only other run they got came across in the sixth inning. Carson Demartini scores after he doubled, came in on a Ryan Lasko single. And the Caps got another base runner on board, and they had an opportunity to bring guys on home and just couldn't pay it off. So the Whitecaps are scuffling in a big way. They've lost two in a row. They're now 2-4-4, four, and four, and they sit eight points back of the YD Red Sox, who in their last 10 are 5-1-4. and four. They have been just fantastic in their last big stretch here. So, uh, And by the way, Brewster and YD are going to get to play each other again not that long from now. So... Uh, not uh, not today. Tomorrow they're going to face off against each other right back at uh, at Stony Brook. So, man, they got to figure that out. The Whitecaps have to figure out what they're doing, and YD is just going to keep on going with what they've got because it is working. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Katuit two six and two in their last ten. They get a much needed victory. They stay one point ahead of Hyannis. And it would be a real remarkable coaching feat for Mike Roberts to be able to keep his team ahead of Hyannis for the regular season on just ability to work work his team and ability to maximize what he's got. 16-9-5 is their record compared to 15-9-6 for Hyannis. It is that difference between one win and one tie that has Hyannis just one point back. But they are... Uh, they're going to be tough right on down to the end of the season. So I wouldn't expect anything less from from these guys. And by the way, we'll jump over to YD and what they did. They gained ground on a Brewster team that lost. They win 4-1 to one at Chatham. 
They pile up two runs in the fifth and two runs in the sixth. Uh, Jonathan Long from Long Beach State with a two-run bomb after Hunter Haas got on with an error, so his run, of course, is unearned. Long's uh, homer makes it a... uh, His run was earned, so he just knocked that thing out of the place. Two more runs come across in the sixth inning as well. Homer Bush Jr. scores on a uh, base hit by Braden Montgomery, and Cole Carrig comes in and scores on the sacrifice fly by Hunter Haas. Uh, The loss goes to... Chatham starter Ben Hampton from West Virginia, who really wasn't that bad. He threw the first five and two-thirds innings. He gave up five hits, four runs, three of them earned, walked one, struck out eight. For the most part, he did his job, and uh, Ben Peterson came on in relief from Florida Southwestern State and threw the final three and a third with four hits surrendered and six strikeouts. That's pretty good pitching. Um, Of course, on the other side, Grant Taylor throws the first five for YD with one run given up, three hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. He gets the victory. The save goes to Connor Thurman from San Diego. He throws the final two and a third clean with one walk, three strikeouts, and nine batters faced for the final two and a third. He looked fantastic. He has yet to give up a run in six outings and nine and a third innings worth of work here on Cape Cod. So YD moves to 16-8-6. Chatham stays in last place. The the A's are now eight points back of Harwich for the fourth and final playoff spot in the East. They have 19 points. They still are the only team who does not have double-digit wins. They have six. They also have seven ties. I guarantee you the league is going to have a discussion about if they should do anything with the tie situation, but I'm going to go ahead and presume that the tie situation is just a bit of a fluke and that we're not going to get anywhere near as many ties like this as we move forward. So um, yeah, that's what uh, that's what I've got, and that's what we're going to go with here. Okay, next up, the uh, Orleans Firebirds and Harwich Mariners see a 2-0 game at Eldridge Park. Orleans wins, and so the Firebirds move one point back of the Whitecaps for the second playoff spot in the East. Again, there were only two runs that were scored in this game. They both came across in the bottom half of the third inning, and the way that ended up working itself out is as follows. Luke Keyshaw grounded into a fielder's choice that brought home Jacob Stinson. And the other run that came across was Cam Jones having a single to bring home Nick McCleary. And, well, that's it. The rest of the offense didn't exist. Harwich let their starter, John Sullivan, go. Uh, The Wake Forest guy, originally from Andover, Mass., actually. He throws seven innings, gives up two runs on five hits, walks one, strikes out eight. I give Steve Angler a lot of credit for being willing to let his pitching staff just throw and let his starters give him innings. Um, And, you know, Sullivan gave him a good, great effort. So uh, no issue with that. Orleans kind of bullpens their way to a win. The win ends up going to Ryan Barasa from South Dakota State. He throws an inning and two-thirds to get into the ninth. He strikes out three batters of the five that he faces. The save goes to Tommy Hobby from Fresno State. That's his first save of the summer. He throws the final inning. He faces four batters. He doesn't give up a hit. He um, doesn't strike out anyone, but he gets the three outs. He gets the game to a conclusion, and Orleans is now just one game under 500 at 13, 14, and 3. 
They are one point back of Brewster for the second playoff spot in the East. Remember, second place gets you a home playoff series in the first round of the playoffs, so that really does matter. Harwich, with their loss, they dropped to 11, 14, and 5, and that is a little bit of water on, uh, uh, cool water to heat check them. They're 5, 2, and 3 in their last 10. They've been very good lately. Um, they have now the second most runs scored in the East at 107. They also have by a mile the most runs allowed at 131 runs allowed. Second place is Chatham at 119, and they are uh, Harwich is eight points clear of Chatham for the final playoff spot. Just saying. One final game to take a look at: Bourne and Falmouth, and Falmouth gets a needed victory. They win four to three over the Bourne Braves, and actually now Falmouth jumps ahead of Wareham for that last playoff spot in the West. The Commodores at 12, 16, and two. They're tied points-wise, but as far as the win column is concerned, Falmouth has one more win, so that puts them just barely ahead of the Wareham Gatemen. And Falmouth got their runs early and held on for dear life thereafter. Three runs come across in the top half of the first inning, aided by uh, Bourne committing errors. Three of them, the defense was not that great uh, for them. Alex Mooney scores the first one on a Peyton Stovall fielder's choice. Peyton Stovall then comes around and scores after Andrew Pinckney grounds to a ball that uh, uh, grounds a ball to third that should have been an, an out, but was an error instead. Andrew Brutcher with a single to bring home Andrew Pinckney, whose run was also unearned. So yeah, we've got multiple different types of things happening that uh, should have been outs and should have been uh, unearned runs. Two out of the four runs that Falmouth gets across the plate are unearned, so if the defense is a little bit better, they win this game. You know, play better defense. Uh, the loss goes to Anthony Arguelles from Virginia Tech. He only goes two innings. He gives up three hits, four runs. Again, only two of them earned. He walks two. He strikes out two. Uh, I do feel a bit bad for him that that's how that works out. Falmouth's starter, Chase Jeter, goes the first Four innings, he gives up six hits and four uh, strikeouts, but doesn't walk anybody and gives up no runs. They don't give the win to him, though, because even though he did pitch the most effectively, the rule for starters is you still have to go five. I still don't like that rule, but whatever, I guess. The win ends up going to Braden Matthews from Walters State Community College. He throws two-thirds of an inning. He gives up one hit and one walk, but gets two other guys out. The save ends up going to... Joey Ryan from Boston College, actually from East Falmouth, so he is truly a local guy playing for truly his hometown team. He throws the final inning in two-thirds. He gives up two hits, walks one, strikes out one, gets his second save of the summer, first in a little bit, though, and Falmouth with a badly needed win. And Bourne rallied late in this one. They got one run home in the fifth inning that made it at least a little bit closer. Chris Brito with a single to bring home Matt Shaw, and then two more runs coming across in seventh inning to make it a little bit closer. Mac Horvath with a home run to bring home two more runs, but they just couldn't get that fourth run across to get the game back to even. So Borden goes to 13, 11, and 6. They are at 32 points. That's four back of Hyannis for second place in the West. And they're 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. They've been doing pretty well lately, so they're not in a bad position. In fact, I'd say they're in a rather good position as we start to get to the final stretch of the season. Okay, everyone is in action today. The 
Whitey Red Sox, we'll start with them. They are hosting the Chatham Anglers. Should be fun, I think. Um, this is a very clear first place gap in the East compared to last place in the East. YD has 38 points. Chatham has 19 points. That is uh, double. So that's uh, that's pretty clear for uh, which team has had the better season so far. Alex McFarlane is the slated starter for Chatham. He's been actually pretty decent. Uh, he threw his last outing actually was at YD. He threw three innings in what ended up being a 6-6 tie, gave up two hits, a run, two walks, and five strikeouts. So that's, that's pretty good. YD doesn't have a probable listed. Next up, Harwich. They are hosting the Cotuit Cataliers. Liam Sullivan is the probable listed for Harwich from Georgia. He threw two and two-thirds his last time out at Ketuit. It didn't go that great. Gave up three hits, three runs. All of them earned. Walked four and struck out six in a game that his team did end up winning 11-6. to six, But really, that was an offensive game. That was one. Ketuit doesn't have a probable listed yet. They need to win to stay ahead of Hyannis. Next up, Brewster trying to get off of this weird losing habit that they're on right now and trying to get back above 500. The Whitecaps are now in even 12, 12, and 6. They go to Bourne, who is one of the worst teams you could play at this time as they are uh, moving in the right direction. Brewster will throw Zane Morehouse from Texas. He was not good his last time out. He's th- only thrown against Falmouth, whom he's faced twice, so he gets to face somebody other than Falmouth today. He's thrown four and two-thirds innings, both times out against the Commodores. First time, no runs allowed, four hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. That's very good. Second time out, four and two-thirds, eight hits, seven runs, all of them earned, two walks, and four strikeouts. More of that first outing is what the Whitecaps are going to be looking for. They'll face Hunter Furtado from Alabama, and he has had kind of a rough go of it. Uh, he'll be making his third start, and he's been, um, well, against Chatham, he threw five innings, gave up two runs and four hits with three Ks and a walk. Uh, his last time out against Hyannis, two and a third with seven hits, five earned runs, seven runs total, one walk, and two strikeouts. Uh, so if you're just going off the ERA for this game, this could be a high scorer. So we'll find out what kind of game we have. Next up, Falmouth. Hosts Wareham, the Gatemen, trying to get, uh, trying to keep themselves ahead, or trying to get back ahead. Actually, they've fallen into last place now in the West by a pretty close margin. They'll throw Jack Sokol from Pittsburgh to start this game. He threw four innings against YD, gave up three hits and a run in a no decision in a team that a game that his team ended up losing four to two. Walked one, struck out two. He did okay his first time out. And Falmouth is going to throw Jerron Watts-Brown, who has been pretty good his last couple of outings. Five starts on on the Cape. He lost his first three. Uh, He won one against Bourne, in which he threw five with four runs and five hits and six strikeouts. He threw in that 7-3 Brewster win. He started and threw the first four innings, gave up a run, three hits, three walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, Was pretty all right. Um, against the Whitecaps. That, that probably was his best outing, even though he didn't get a decision in it. So we'll see what he's able to do and if Falmouth is able to keep ahead of Wareham. And we end the 6.30 first pitch between Hyannis and Orleans. The Harbor Hawks going for the jugular and trying to get themselves into first place. 
over the Kettleers. They'll throw Jake Berry from Virginia, who's been very good. Uh, he threw, uh, he started one game. He has two wins. He threw in that two nothing win at uh, against Harwich. He's actually thrown only home games so far. So this will be his first time that he is throwing off a mound that isn't the one at McKeon Park. He threw four innings for a win against Harwich with one hit, no walks, and three strikeouts. He threw in that 18-10 just nightmare game against Bourne. Four innings, one run, three hits, three walks, and two strikeouts is how that game ended up working itself out. So they'll be curious to see how he throws off of a non-home mound. And Donye Evans is throwing for the um, Firebirds. He has been excellent out on Cape. Four starts, 16 innings, 16 strikeouts, eight walks. I want those a little bit lower, but still that's not bad. Six hits. He has given up one total run. So yeah, he's been very good. And the Firebirds are going to ask for a little bit more of the whole being very good thing. That's it for this episode of the Cape League Rounded Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us this morning. We hope you get out and enjoy some Cape League baseball.